0: F-O-O-D-S dot com Betches Media presents. A lot
1: of them aren't even pretending to be in charge.
0: Blow the testing down. Remove him from office. No
1: justice. No peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Up Podcast. Will you well, shut up man.
2: Hello and welcome to the Betches sup Podcast. I'm Amanda duberman I'm Sammy Sage. And today, we're so excited to be here with Sarah Azari. Sarah is a white-collar defense attorney and the author of Unprecedented, A Simple Guide to the Crimes of the Trump Campaign and Presidency. In the book, Sarah breaks down the investigations, evidence, criminal charges, and defenses involving President Trump and his rotating cabal of co-conspirators, maybe. Thank
3: you for joining us, Sarah. How are you doing? Thank you. You guys, I'm doing well. How are you doing?
4: You know, now that we're about to have this conversation, it's been better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is Sammy's favorite topic. You wrote Trump's this book. For her. Are a bit of a passion project for me. I, I, yeah. I don't know why. You're not like, alone. They're, I mean, clearly for you too. So yeah, yeah sure. Yeah,
3: it's nice to have this conversation now that we know. You know, we're headed in a in a better direction than you know. Um, doing it when we were in the middle of what's going to happen when the elections come. So. Exactly,
2: exactly. That's why we're so excited to have you today because Trump's potential legal exposure in office has been pretty overwhelming and at times hard to process. Mm-hmm. Like you are saying, now that he's lost re-election and will no longer have the power of the presidency to protect him, I know that we and a lot of our listeners are starting to wonder what the next few years might look like for him. Mm-hmm. So that's my first sort of opening question. You're um, a criminal defense attorney. If you were Trump's lawyer, what would concern you most about what the next few years of his life might
5: look like?
3: Well, that assumes that I would represent (laughs) Trump, which, you know, I find him to be, even as a defense attorney, the most indefensible and reprehensible uh, individual. So I probably would not be representing but. Any lawyer who does represent Donald Trump, I think that he's looking at an overwhelming number of both civil and criminal cases against him when he steps out of the White House on January 20th. And my focus or his lawyer's focus should be on the criminal side because obviously the exposure is higher. He would be facing incarceration if he were to be convicted of some of the charges that he's facing. Um, I'll sort of break this down into two categories. So starting with the criminal side, You know, of course, he's. Let's not forget, individual number one and a co-conspirator to Michael Cohen in the indictment that came down in the Southern District of New York, Um, and and all that conduct that Michael guilty pled guilty to and did time for uh, relates to Donald Trump. And so, had Donald Trump not been not been the president, that indictment would have been United States of America versus Michael Cohen and Donald J. Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are political consequences and considerations uh, that the DOJ always makes that weigh against indicting a former president for crimes he committed while he was in office because you know we are the most divided uh, that we've ever been and to prosecute a former president would just further divide us so I believe it's unlikely that the Southern District of New York would pursue charges against him in that matter as well as the 10 acts of obstruction of justice that Robert Mueller identified in his report. Um, Again, those were part of his campaign in the early days of his presidency, and that's what I wrote about. But his biggest nightmare on the criminal side is going to be the Manhattan DA's office investigation that is in full force and effect. I just had breakfast with a lawyer here in the city who represents one of the witnesses for the grand jury in that case. And um, and. I mean, Mr. Vance is not, you know, is not taking any shortcuts on that investigation. Um, It it relates to essentially bank fraud. um, Trump has done what he does best, uh, you know, over the course of his life, which is inflating his assets and then deflating his assets so that he could secure loans and insurance coverage. And so a lot of that case has to do with um, finance fraud, essentially bank fraud. Um, and it's a document case, you know, documents don't lie usually, right. And so um, I think that that is the biggest concern for Trump, especially, it's, it's even of greater significance, because that might be the only uh, um, place where we see justice, you know, for all of this man's crimes is in that state case, because the Manhattan DA's office will not have the same considerations politically that the DOJ does on the federal side. And if Trump does the most unconstitutional act of pardoning himself or trying to pardon himself or having someone else pardon him, like stepping out and having Pence become president for the, you know, last part of his presidency so that he could be granted the pardon, the the executive pardon power does not extend to state offenses, so um, that's his biggest concern. Because if he ends up being convicted of the state offense of bank fraud um, with the Manhattan DA, then he's looking at some years, uh, you know, behind bars. On the civil side, he's got the New York AG's office also looking at some financial, um, you know, quasi criminal but civil uh, um, conduct. Um, involving the Trump organization and his businesses. And if he loses that case civilly, he can't do business. Um, His business ability is going to be, his ability to conduct business, I should say, is going to be limited and restricted. And of course, there's severe penalties and fines and, and such that he has to pay. He's got dozens of civil lawsuits, a lot of them by women who claim that he raped them, sexually assaulted them. There are two high profile defamation cases by E. Jean Carroll, an author in New York, and um, Summer Zervis, a formis, former um, Apprentice contestant who claimed that he assaulted them and he called them liars. So there's those defamation suits as well. So. Donald Trump, you know, a lot of people think he's going to leave the White House and go straight to the big house. I don't think it's that simple. I think there are some challenges. There are some defenses that he can put up. But I think he's looking at at, at potentially charges in New York in the Manhattan case. And, um, you know, the DOJ is always a possibility, although I think, you know, Biden has signaled that he's going to let the DOJ be the DOJ, just like it used to be before Barr stepped in um and 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 do what they think is prudent i just think in my experience the doj will not meddle with cases that um have political consequences
2: i want to take a recording of everything you just said and listen to it to put me to sleep every night
3: that was <laughs> soothing that felt amazing <laughs> that upside down maga hat um yeah. really does uh bring a level of joy so anyway yeah
4: Do you think that this is something that's going to come up like January 21st? I'm sure, like you said, like a lot of, you know, a lot of people are fantasizing about like the 21st, he gets served with like a lawsuit, some sort of indictment. Do you think that it's possible that it could happen like that quickly? Or are we looking at like a bit of a, like a questionable period where people are like, hold him accountable and yeah. Yeah.
3: It's going to happen that quickly. I think for the most part, the lawsuits are pretty much ready to go. The civil ones and they're just waiting for him to step down to be able to proceed. But with respect to, for example, the Manhattan DA's case, which is the strongest criminal case against him, um, you know, there was um, he fought the subpoenas for his tax records all the way up to the Supreme Court. And Justice Roberts wrote that just even a president cannot um Uh, prohibit uh, um, access to his financial records in the course of a criminal investigation. And so he has to cough them up. But he then went, his lawyers went through a back door and now went to the lower courts to, to make a different claim to try to keep the tax um, records out of the Manhattan DA's office uh, out of their hands. And so now he's going to be going back up to the Supreme court uh, on this you know, sort of in a backdoor way. So he's fighting that. You know, if you think about this, this man does not want to produce his tax records. He does. Clearly. not want, OK, I mean, clearly for four years, it has come up over and over and over again. The New York Times covered, you know, all of his debts and expenses and such. And he doesn't want that out. So there's something there. And um, and I think ultimately he's going to lose because the, the subpoena power in a criminal investigation is is pretty unfettered. You know and and so you know he's gonna this is to answer your question these take time you know these bullshit fights just like the election fights that he put up in multiple states no evidence nothing but you know he does that to stall he does that to delay and so i don't think we're going to see you know a criminal prosecution on the 21st of january but i i would think that the lawsuits are going to start trickling in fairly quicker than you know criminal prosecution
1: So
4: when it comes to the subpoena and him trying to keep basically keep people from seeing the taxes, there's been so much revealed about the taxes in The New York Times. Like what what else could it show? Like what if if you had a guess, like what what are we looking to see that hasn't been kind of like laid out via journalists?
3: Well, I think it's number one. I think there's a there's a difference between reporting and the actual documents. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, with the reporting, as we see him do, he comes back and says, oh, no, I've paid millions of dollars in taxes, etc. Well, when you actually see the Tax return that he filed—that's where you can really see whether the numbers he's blurting out are are true or false. I mean, I would I would guess if I were to take a guess, he's lying. But you know, but but I think that the records are significant, even though I don't doubt the accuracy of the reporting. Um, you really don't know what he's claimed in terms of deductions. You know those those exorbitant sums of money in debt that he has, you know, what those debts are. Is there anything supporting those, you know, like tax attachments, tax return attachments or schedules that, you know, might shed some light on where this money was coming from or what it was owed to? Um, You know, I think there's going to be a lot more revealed by the actual document itself.
2: Yeah, you mentioned that there is discussion about Trump potentially pardoning himself via stepping down and giving Pence the presidency to do so, but it sounds like the the investigations most likely to result in prosecution are at the state level, and he would have no power to pardon himself. Is that true? He doesn't have
3: the power to pardon himself. Um, if can you talk about that? Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a president. So here's the thing. There's there's a lot of argument by pundits that, that, oh, yeah, he can pardon himself. No, absolutely not. It's unconstitutional. And if he does that, um, then he's facing a lot of challenges on constitutional grounds, because Article two, Section two of the Constitution gives him the power to grant reprieves and pardons. Now, the word grant means that you're bestowing, that you're gifting one person is gifting or bestowing to another not to themselves you don't grant yourself something right even if you know you're trump and you think you're king you still don't grant yourself something and so secondly you know the president under article 2 section 3 uh has to take care to execute the laws of the united states faithfully and that is just the antithesis of that um, of that mandate in 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 Section 3. So he cannot pardon himself without facing some serious constitutional challenges. Now, again, he can, you know, Trump being Trump, hand it over to Pence, have Pence uh, pardon him, just kind of like Nixon, you know, when he resigned, mm-hmm. um, and then Ford came in and, and pardoned him, that could very well happen. But let's not forget that we can expect a whole wave of yet more unjustified pardons by this president, potentially to his son, Donnie Jr. Um, Rudy Giuliani, certainly he's looking at some trouble in uh, the District of New York with Lev Parnas and the Ukraine behavior. You know, he could grant pardons to Manafort. You know, anybody that has something on Trump will be pardoned. That's my expectation in the next 42 days. But for him to pardon himself is absolutely unconstitutional.
2: Yeah, we've been thinking that it'll be a real bummer if uh, if the Biden team has to remake all of their 46 merch because right. <laughs> Pence was the 46th president and Biden was the 47. Right, it'll be 47. Yeah, that's true. It's really yeah, just
4: yeah. a hassle. It just, <laughs> it's Pence highly be 45 and a half. Like, yes. come on. <laughs> like 45 and a quarter. Come on. It's yeah. Pence. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. yeah. But assuming that. Whether or not he does pardon these people, who do you think is at the most risk for prosecution after this administration?
3: I look at the Trump presidency like a criminal enterprise, like
4: a RICO case
3: yeah like a RICO case where there are so many players that we don't know but that are essential to the conduct of the enterprise and to the ability of the enterprise to achieve the scheme or the goal which is to protect this guy right and so in to that end i think that there's a lot of people in this administration that we may not have known about that have been participating in some shady things uh, that might rise to the level of a crime. Um, but I think that, you know, potentially, uh, his son, if he has made false statements to, um, federal agents, that's something that he could be exposed for. Rudy Giuliani, certainly with respect to, um, his dealings with Lev Parnas and Fruman, um, you know, having to do with Ukraine, uh, you know, um, I mean, those are the two that sort of I can think of at the top of my head. Mm -hmm. But but I would think there are many more people that, um, you know, hopefully if we have whistleblowers, the administration is so opaque, you know, Mm -hmm. But if we have people coming out and being true patriots and spilling the beans. Then we're going to learn about a lot more that we never fathomed. Do you think there will be a lot more of the sort of whistleblowing after he leaves office? You know, I. I want to say yes, because for some reason, I mean, that we've seen people come forward, you know, that that were true patriots and testified before Congress, et cetera. But there are those group of people that are afraid of him, you know, and that are that, that, that like he has this whole life. Um, has convinced that they have to be loyal to him. And so once he is no longer the president of the United States, I think that sort of loyalty might go away and they're going to feel less concerned about coming forward and telling the truth. So to that extent, I think there might be that group of people that are still lingering in his orbit. And once the orbit is dissipated, um, they could come forward and, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. speak some truth.
4: What about Ivanka? So, I mean, she I'm sure would love to be America's first female president. But um, oh, Sammy, what do you ouch. Think? That hurt. sorry. Oh. I mean <laughs> trigger sorry. warning. <laughs> sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Leave it out. Um, <laughs> so do you think that um she has a path to run for office or is she going to be bogged down by legal troubles potentially, or does it even matter because like they're always bogged down by legal troubles <laughs> and doesn't seem to make a difference.
3: Yeah. I don't think unless she's facing some kind of a criminal issue or her husband is, um, you know, I, I think by the way, I think Jared Kushner's father is another Uh, pardon recipient. But, you know, I don't think the legal trouble is going to get in her way. I think her dad's going to get in her way, because if it's true that Donald Trump is going to run in 2024, and personally, I think he's just saying it to stay relevant to, to, you know, Fanna's base. I mean, that's my opinion. But if he really does run like he claims he's going to, well, then she can't run as well in 2024. But that's not to say for all of us who have come to know Ivanka that she's just going to disappear. No way. No. You know, I Jesus. think Ivanka and Jared, there's been some reports and speculation that they might go live on Trump's property in New Jersey and that she might run for the 70th um, district, uh, which, you know, is the house uh, And a house is, you know, two small potatoes for Ivanka. She's just mm-hmm. not going to want to be in the house. Um, so I think she's so lame. To, yeah, I think <laughs> she's. Why would you
4: want to represent the people? <laughs> yeah,
3: why? Just why? Yeah. Uh, I think she's going to, she's going to want to raise funds for the Republican party, make nice with the GOPers, you know, sort of uh, lay the foundation for a future run in some capacity. I don't think she's going to run for house for sure. But so I think the expectation at this point is politically, she's going to linger in the, in the Republican scene, but um, you know, she went full MAGA. I mean, she went full MAGA, like, pro-life and all that, um, you know, during these four years. So she's not going away, but it's doubtful that it would be a 2024 run, especially if her dad is serious about running.
4: Well, I think there's an interesting dynamic in the sense that I almost feel like Don Jr. is more connected with the base than she is, but she's sort of like the heir apparent. So You know, I think there's so many X factors that someone asked me, like, do you really think he's going to run in 2024? And I'm like, who knows? Like, anything could happen. Literally anything could happen. I
2: think it's important to I mean, the reason why he might run again is not just for his ego. It's mostly that. But the presidency seems like one of the only things that he has to protect him from some of these legal issues. That is a problem.
3: And by for then, that four years from now, sure. okay. he's facing the music. He'll be behind bars. I love to uh, hear it, but 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 I think that you know we have to be mindful of the fact that the Trump presidency, to me, has created a new party, and it's the Trumplicans. You know, and so it's no longer Democrats and Republicans. There's Trumplicans, and 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 so you know he wants to keep that base engaged and going. And um, I think, I don't know if he's going to join Newsmax or create his own version of Newsmax or what he's going to do, but Donald Trump, his entire life, and even the reason he ran for presidency is about him, his brand. It's about his relevancy. It's about his, you know, fame. You know, he's a narcissistic man. He has to be out there. He has to be the most important person and talked about. And I think the biggest concern I have is how the media is going to treat him. Of course, we got to discuss his legal troubles and all that. We Mm -hmm. want to see retribution. We want to see justice. But beyond that, my hope is that we stop tweeting about him, we stop following him on Twitter. We stop covering him and his children. That's what he wants. That's what he wants, right? And so um, personally, I'm unfollowing him on Twitter. And mm, I, did. I, I never you know, followed I, him on I, Twitter. Not that he cares about me, but I mean, you right. know, um, we all got to do our part. So
0: <laughs> when it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy.
4: What do you think the odds are of him actually of there being accountability in whatever form, in any case? You know, I,
3: I, I truly, I mean, as a criminal defense attorney, my job is to uphold the Constitution, make sure that everybody's treated equally, that my clients are not getting screwed just because they're not the president or the president's friends. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it would absolutely be crushing to, to come to terms with the fact that, or to have to come to terms with the fact that uh, by virtue of being the president of the United States, albeit the most corrupt, that this man just gets to walk away unscathed. You know, I mean, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. So um, my hope is that at least the Manhattan district attorney case sticks um, that you know, you know, you got to remember that these sort of financial cases are very boring for juries, and juries, you know, don't. I volunteer. It, yeah, yeah, right. So, so you know, if it's a really strong case. Uh, where Trump knows if he goes to jury trial he's going to lose then he's obviously going to have to plead guilty at some point right And so my hope is that Vance really has got some golden nuggets in that in there in terms of evidence um, that that will um, muscle Trump into potentially a plea right um, I just don't think you know there's been rumors that well maybe Vance won't prosecute him either. I don't think that's going to be the case because in 2012 Vance rejected, an indictment against Ivanka and Don Jr. for another scheme. And he said he didn't have sufficient evidence. So there's a lot of pressure on vans to prosecute Trump this time. And I don't believe that he would go through such great lengths and going up to the Supreme Court for tax returns. And, you know, like this friend of mine was saying as a witness in a grand jury that belongs to this case, you know, I don't think he would fight so hard to towards filing th- this case if he was then just gonna turn around and drop it when Trump walks out of the White House. So, my hope is that, that personally I'd be happy with one one thing. <laughs> <You know?
4: laughs> I think it probably will be one thing.
3: Yeah, and not civil. Not civil because the man owes so much money that having another judgment against him and having to pay it over time, you know, he's 70 some years old, you know, that's not gonna make a difference for him, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I really want that one <laughs> Manhattan case to, to move forward and actually move forward towards a finding of guilt, you know. Yeah,
2: I do too. And we vote here, Mr. Vance. We're watching you.
4: (laughs) I just, I just have a question in terms of his history. Has he ever been held accountable for anything criminal that he's done? No, no. It's so it's never been a criminal charge against him.
3: And that's why he became president, you know, because as shady as he was as, as truthful as all the reporting was about what he's done and people that he's ripped off, you know, um, I mean, he wasn't found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in any situation. And so, you know, he qualified to be the president of the United States. And so to me, the scariest thing is, is that he's going to leave office January 20th, but his base is still there, you know, and I think any president, including Biden, specifically Biden, um, has to be mindful of the crazy, wacky, (laughs) whatever, um, ideologies of these people because they are millions and millions of MAGA people. And we just found it, found this out through this presidency yeah. right? that no matter what their president does, they will never change their mind. You know, they will be supportive to the end. So I, I think that's what we really should be concerned about. And that's sort of, you know, what we did this time coming out to vote, like in numbers, like never before um, to save our democracy. I mean, that is we have to go forward with the same vigilance, no matter what, what election, because those people are there. And any president who comes into office has to cater to them as well. You leave them out, they're going to vote for another crazy like Trump. You know. Right, yeah.
2: I want to talk a little bit more about your book. Again, it's called Unprecedented, A Simple Guide to the Crimes of the Trump Campaign and Presidency. Why do you think it's important for Americans to be aware of and comprehend this president's crimes?
3: Well, so, you know, I wrote the book, um, because I was so sick and tired of hearing that the Mueller investigation was a hoax and a witch hunt, when I was learning about the evidence that was being uncovered, and that these people were in fact guilty, right. And so I thought as a lawyer, who who defends exactly these crimes, that I need to make a legal case for why this is not a hoax, why this is not a witch hunt, that these are valid allegations, these are there's evidence supporting the charges that these people were in fact guilty. And um, so for me, the importance of the book for me was to make it as simple to understand as possible, literally just like a little, you know, simple guide. um, So that the minute someone says it's a witch hunt, I could say, hey, go to chapter this and look at what, you know, what happened and why it's not a witch hunt as to this guy. And, um, and I wanted to do it partly, uh, you know, so the book comes out before the elections, obviously, because of the importance of voting, you know, and I felt like people need can't forget Mueller, can't forget what happened, you know, just because it happened early on in his presidency. These were 10 acts of obstruction of justice. And he, he took, he, he stole the election essentially because he got Russian help. You know, he cheated his way into office. So it was significant to me. um, And I just felt like I had to do my part for whoever wants to pick, pick it up and read it, that they understand that this was not a hoax, you know, that these were real crimes and crimes by people around him in his orbit and and then he himself obstructing justice to shield himself. So um it really was you know for voter education largely um and of course for anyone who's interested.
2: Yeah it's so interesting because as I was looking at your book you know I would think oh my god something insane happens every 10 minutes like it must have been crazy to constantly update it and stuff has happened yes. since but it's so it's so interesting to hear that you were personally very determined to explain why this specific thing, specifically the Mueller report and investigation, was not a witch hunt and was not a hoax. And that in the future, when we look back on this presidency, that specific instance of, of claiming that this election meddling did not happen, you were so determined to debunk that.
3: One hundred percent, because as we saw, he did it again with Ukraine. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wrote this book before we. I found know.
4: <laughs> with the governors.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just like, you know, when I wrote this book, I knew that was not going to be the beginning and end of his criminal activity. But I just never imagined that with a documented election interference investigation like that, that he would have tried it again. Uh, and he had, you know, and he he had yeah. it Biden. And so in a different way, of course, but you know, same, same goal. And so my my challenges were time because I was practicing law. I still had to do everything I do every day, but also writing the book. And I wanted it to come out ahead of the election. So you know it, it was a time crunch of sorts. And then the streaming and changing News um, of you know the the you know the Mueller report being released, and then of course the fallout of the Mueller report. And so at some point, I had to just draw the line. Of course, yeah. Structure. but yeah.
4: Do you ever wonder if like the Mueller, the contents of the Mueller report, the situation, the Ukraine call, those aren't just like it, discrete events? Like it almost just sort of implies that that's his modus operandi like that is how he operates and I don't know I think it's so important that people see it as like a framework of who he is rather than like kind of these confusing charges like it's I think it's easier to sort of explain that we have a president who operates like Tony Soprano
3: absolutely and you know what look the best evidence is Uh, he engaged in collusion with Russia and election interference and then became president. And he was not impeached for it ever. Right. Um, And because there were no consequences, he tried it again with Ukraine to ding Biden, you know, because of his son. And so, um, yeah, that's typical criminal, right? If, if, If a criminal doesn't face Justice, criminal is going to commit another crime.
1: (laughs) I mean, you you even
4: see what he did with like the ventilators early in the pandemic, like for the governors. If the governors wouldn't, like, basically kiss his ass, he would not give them, he wouldn't give Cuomo like proper PPE and ventilators. Right. He withhold
3: right. And you're now talking about public health and people dying. I mean, he's got blood on his hands, you know. We're in a different situation in this pandemic because of the way he mishandled it. And and that's just one of the one of the examples of him making it political. This is about people being able to survive the pandemic, you know. It doesn't matter whether you're blue state or red state. And that's why I think Biden's slogan, you know, I'm everybody's president, blue or red, I think is really affected. Because you know Trump has made it clear, like, look, if you're a blue state, go go screw yourself and die. I'm not going to give you shit. You know, I mean, that's his yeah. that's sort of his message, right? And so, um, yeah, it's just been pathetic. And and I and I think Mueller, you know, I know he's sort of a forgotten name, and uh, but I'll never forget. I don't think Trump will ever forget Mueller because to right. Trump, the, the what means the most, what he loves the most is to win, and what he abhors is to lose, and. Forever, Mueller is going to be the guy that documented election interference, which means that Donald Trump did not win the presidency legitimately. And that hurts to Donald Trump. That really, really stings. And which is why we see him, you know, pardoning, you know, all these cronies that were involved in that investigation that were guilty. Because on the one hand, it supports his claim that it was a hoax and that it was a witch hunt and that, you know, he legitimately won the election, etc., But and and on the other hand, of course, they have something on him. And that's, you know, pardoning them is is a way to shut them up.
2: Yeah, that's I'd never noticed that before. But that's so true that he was Trump was much more bothered by the Russia hoax than he ever was by impeachment. He is still saying Russia hoax, election meddling hoax. He hasn't said impeachment
3: hoax for months. I mean, he's focused on the election hoax now. But I bet if you do, you know, some of the guys on like CNN and stuff, yeah. How many times he said certain things? I, I bet he has said Russia hoax way more times than he's ever, you know, uh, been bothered or tweeted even by by the uh, yeah. process.
4: Well, when you see it all through the lens of a malignant narcissist trying to obtain narcissistic supply and heal narcissistic injuries. It's very easy to see why the Mueller report, which sort of like he goes every day by president Trump, but he knows deep down, like he's a shithead who's like probably (laughs) shouldn't have been the, he knows that nothing that he has in life was really earned or deserved. Like he has to know that because he reads what the New York times says, which we all know is what he actually the paper he actually cares about mm-hmm. so it's like it's all just sort of like this attempt to heal these deep wounds and we and now we have him playing with the whole country right Right. Yeah, we we have
3: him playing with the whole country, and now he's lost. I mean, this is a big loss. You know, to lose the presidency of the United States is not like losing your uh, Trump Tower in some obscure state, you know, or or country. It is the hugest loss he could ever experience. And I think his niece, Mary Trump, uh, really speaks well to you know to his narcissistic personality, the importance of winning the horrendous effect and impact of losing and 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 and, and this sort of um, uh, the basis for his rage and despair and all the BS election fraud cases that he's brought and all that, it all goes to that narcissism. It all goes to that uh, inability to come to terms with losing the presidency. I mean, there's winners, there's losers. Everyone goes through a peaceful transition of power. Every presidency, we've seen this happen, but he cannot cope.
2: Yeah. And that inability hopefully will result in some real consequences for him. We hope you come back when we hopefully do see some charges or something. We'd love to break it down yeah. with you.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure.
4: I'd love to join you. Awesome. Yeah, Thank please you so come much. Back. This, is, this is just the most fun I've had all week.
2: <laughs> Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy
4: Sage. And this is the Better Stuff Podcast. The Betches SUP podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP
5: at Betches.com. Betches.